There has never been a better time than now to come join the Belicio Foods team. Belicio has a new contract in place with plenty of awesome perks for their employees. From increased wages, access to the free health clinic, vacation after six months, and much more, Belicio Foods is committed to putting their employees first. For more information or to apply, visit BelicioFoods.com careers. Take advantage of these great new employee benefits and join the Belicio team today. Visit BelicioFoods.com careers to learn more. The countdown is on for the Tuesday, November 2nd general election in Ohio, and Jackson County voters should be aware of the recent change in location of the Jackson County Board of Elections office. This past summer, the Jackson County Elections office moved from the Jackson County Courthouse Annex at 275 Portsmouth Street in Jackson to an office in the county-owned building housing the Jackson County Department of Job and Family Services at 25 East South Street in Jackson. The Board of Elections office is now located on the rear of the building away from South Street. There are two entrance doors on the back end of the building and the elections office can be accessed through the door on the left side and underneath a canopy which reads employee entrance. Those visiting the Jackson County Board of Elections office should use only this entrance. Today, Monday, October 4th, is the final day for unregistered eligible residents in Ohio to register to vote in the upcoming general election or for registered voters to do the required updates for their voter registration status. Throughout Ohio, early in-person voting will begin tomorrow, Tuesday, October 5th. Early voting times can be found on the Telegram's website linked below. In Jackson County, those having questions regarding voter registration, absentee, or early voting may call the Jackson County Board of Elections at 740 286-2905. Those with questions in Vinton County should call the Vinton County Board of Elections at 740-596-5855. All right, well, there you go. And welcome to the morning show right here on Main Street TV. And of course, Jennifer here to start off your morning with our good friend, Mikey. Hello. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> it's been a long time since that's happened. <laughs> you know, um, well, first off, before we get to that, you were saying that the Board of Elections is now your neighbor. Yeah. So yeah. that's exciting. I live right next to JFS. So now, I'm, now I just have to walk right across the, the alley to go vote. That makes it super, super easy. But, um, no, uh, just one little thing in that video yesterday, as it was um, filmed yesterday by James and... Pete, he said today is the last day to register to vote, but that was actually yesterday because he did the video <laughs> yesterday. So, um, so today begins, is today when we begin early voting then? Yeah, so today is the first day of early voting. Okay, yesterday thanks Yesterday was the last day to update your registration. That's right. So, um, you know, you can still vote. Um, it just may be a little bit different. You may have to vote a provisional ballot or something like that. But no, it's, uh, it's regular early voting starts today. It was, right, it, it but was if you have not, updated, but right. if you have not updated, right. then if you'll you have to vote a provisional. Right, right, you're right. Yeah. So um, anyway, just call them if you have any questions. <laughs> the Board of Elections, and walk through that big green awning out back. Yep. Yep. You can't miss There's it. There's plenty of parking back there. There is definitely plenty. Yeah, sometimes I skate back there. Do you really? Yeah, with the roller derby girls. 
If my knees would hold up, I would so do that. I bet they would. No, I don't no, think so. Don't think so. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, but I mean, these big, long, lanky arms would be flying everywhere. <laughs> you got to keep those in tight so you don't punch anybody in the face. Oh, no, that's the fun part. I know. They changed the rules. It's not like the movies anymore. You're not allowed to beat up on people? No, you can still hit people pretty hard, though. What fun is that? <laughs> it's still pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, gosh, you wear so many hats. So you, yeah. We could just talk for hours oh, yeah. about all the fun stuff I that you do. I have so many things I can talk about. <laughs> no, I um I always thought roller derby would be fun. So this was Jen, super competitive Jen. We used to during Greek week, like in college and stuff, we would have what they called like um, powder puff football, mm -hmm. which was like the sororities competing against each other, and it was supposed to be flag football. <laughs> But it wasn't. It wasn't. Not for me, it wasn't. No. No. I played flag football one time at college. Bam! It was hard not to tackle people. Oh, I just did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, fun. That's great. I think I got the only safety in flag football history because I knocked the tar out of the um, quarterback. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um so, Mikey is here today. First off, tell everybody a little bit about yourself because... I know that, that they've heard your name before in numerous, numerous ways. Well, I'd say you probably have heard my name first off lately as an epidemiologist for the health department. Um, so basically what that is, is I do disease surveillance and monitor reportable diseases and make sure there's not outbreaks. <laughs> yeah, but now we're in the Congratulations. middle. Congratulations. Yeah, I know. Now we're in the middle of a pandemic, so it's like an ongoing outbreak that I have to deal with. But I'd say a lot of people know me, too, from playing basketball in high school. That's right. So you were uh, a very, very accomplished uh, point guard down at Oak Hill. Yep. And Coach Hale. Yep, Coach Hale, part of some really good teams down there. Yeah, those were the good old days. That's when people used to cheer for me, I think. Now they probably hear my name and they're like, oh, no, what new news is she going to give us now? <laughs> now she's going to talk about COVID. <laughs> yeah, now she's telling us to put our masks back on and social distance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we still love you here, no matter what. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so we will, we'll get back to your health department hat in a minute, because I think while you're here, it would definitely be interesting to talk about your job um, as an epidemiologist. And, um, you know, I'm sure that you didn't go to school thinking, oh, I can't wait um, for a global pandemic to, <laughs> sure to break did. out so that I can use my degree. Yeah, no, definitely was not the plan. At first, it was a lot of fun. Then it got real. And I was like, I don't know about this anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. But no, you have come up with something very, very fun that's going to happen um, here fairly soon. And that is a, a bike ride. Right. There it is, the Colors of Fall bike ride. And I love your um, logo there. That's super good. Um, and so tell us about that. How did this come to be? So there's actually this ride that comes through Waverly and ends in Portsmouth. It's called Tosserve, Tour of the Cider River Valley. And I've done it a couple times. So it starts up in Columbus. So it's a century ride, 100 miles which sounds like a lot and the worst part about it is your butt hurts the rest of it's not too bad <laughs> but the last time i was doing it this was pre-covid i was like you know what jackson county in the fall time is really pretty and it's not so hot and i wouldn't be out here sweating 
So let's try and plan a bike ride. So I got a hold of my friend Anna, who's a teacher at the school. Okay. And we just kind of sat down and started planning. And I got a hold of the people that run Tosserve, and they've helped me out a good bit. And so that's Columbus Outdoor Pursuits. Um, got to drop names here. So I can't forget it. Please do. Yeah. Um, but Columbus Outdoor Pursuits has been a huge help. Um, so that's just kind of what started it all. And then, you know, COVID kind of let up a little bit. So we decided to go ahead with it this year and we've got a handful of riders signed up. So it's pretty exciting. You know, um, I don't know that there would be any prettier country in the world than, than our countryside here in, in Southern Ohio during the fall to take oh, a yeah. bike ride. I mean, um, Hawking Hills might have us beat by just a little bit. Maybe. Maybe. Just maybe, but um, I think it's a little too hilly for a bike ride. So I think Jackson County is probably the perfect place for this to happen. You know, you're exactly right. And um, so the whole bike riding thing, I was telling you like off the camera that I have knees that just don't work very well. And so bike riding to me seems like something which I don't do, but seems like something that would be something that I could totally do right. that yeah. wouldn't be so so bad. So I had knee surgery in the spring and one of the first things after physical therapy that I was able to do was to get back on my bike because it's just not a whole lot of pressure on your knees. Right. Granted there's that motion so you do have a little bit of wear and tear on your knees but sure. it's not anything like running. Not like running no. or, or even walking for that matter. No, like I could hardly not hardly walk, but it was difficult to walk. But to get on my bike, I was able to get, you know, eight miles in and not feel too bad. So, so I guess as not being a bike rider, I mean, you're talking about you did a thing that was 100 miles, <laughs> like, and then you just said eight miles. Like, that just seems so far to me, riding it, a bike. It does sound really far, especially when you think about running. But a lot of it's you're coasting. So if you're going uphill and you come back the same way, you're going to coast downhill. Okay. But um, if you have a decent bike, you can shift gears really easily. So it makes it where it's not so much pressure on your legs. You can kind of ease up on the resistance when you're pedaling. I gotcha. So, you know, as long as you're not doing anything too hilly, you can get 10 miles in and feel pretty good about it. Okay. Not like you're going to die or anything. <laughs> I probably would, but that's just because I'm horribly out of shape. But, um, <coughs> but no, so how does a bike ride work? Because, oh, you're fine. See, we got her all choked up here. <laughs> of course. Okay. So, um. How does it, how does a bike ride work? Do you actually ride out on the roads and the streets? Like because if you're going to ride that many miles, you have to go on the outskirts of town. <laughs> I am so sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, went down the wrong hole. <laughs> um, yeah. So I would always get frustrated when I was in Columbus at school. People would ride their bikes on the sidewalk, <clears throat> and I'm like, they call it a sidewalk, not a side ride. True. <laughs> so it's there's like the <clears throat> excuse me, the sidewalks in town aren't really wide enough to ride your bike on, even though I do sometimes. <clears throat> this is so embarrassing. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> <clears throat> I can see my face up there. It's all red now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's going to be on the road. Um, you treat a bicycle like you would a vehicle. Okay. So you ride on the same side of the road that you would drive on. A lot of times... Cyclists will get um, 
some bad rep for being just cyclists, but I think it's more so in the cities. But people will ride in the middle of the road and take up a lot of the road just because they're technically allowed to. But sure. I like to ride on the side closer to the berm of the road just so I'm not in the way and it's easier to pass me because they're supposed to give you <clears throat> three to five feet when they pass. So it's easier for everybody if you just kind of ride off to the side of the road. Okay. Yeah, you, you just treat it like you would a vehicle. And if you don't have turn signals on your bike, you use your arm signals and everything. <laughs> um, a lot of people don't know what they are. But yeah, what are they? So to turn, you just like put your arm out or you tri put your arm up. And then if you're slowing down, you put it back like kind of like a brake light. Okay. Yeah, so just how they used to do before cars had turn signals. I don't know that anyone knows about that I anymore. I don't think they do either. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So, um, all right. So this bike ride, tell us when it is and then how you sign up for it. So we have a Facebook page. It's actually this Saturday. So it's coming okay. up soon. Um, it starts and ends at Stockroom. But if you get on our Facebook page, there's also an event page with links to sign up for it. Okay. Um, <clears throat> so... You just get on there. You can do the full ride, which is 65 miles, or you can do a half ride, which is 25 miles. And they just kind of go through out Beaver Pike into Wellston, um, out by Buckeye Furnace into Oak Hill, and then back around out Franklin Valley back into town. Okay. So it's That seems so far. I know it does. I couldn't do it right now. I'm just going to sit back and watch and make sure everything goes as planned but yeah <laughs> I'm not in any kind of shape after having that knee surgery well yeah that'll do you in yeah, I well, love when you have knee surgery and they say oh in six months you'll be just fine yeah they're like yeah. you can go back to weightlifting and uh -huh. everything I'm like I can barely walk up my stairs sometimes a year later you're like well maybe I'm gonna think about <laughs> yeah like yeah I'm coming up on let's see I had it in March and October so I've it's I've had plenty of time to get back in the gym and I just am so nervous about mm -hmm. it it's, I feel you I'm like oh, I don't want to go through that again <laughs> no doubt so um all right so you will show up at Stockroom this coming Saturday yep and at what time um I'm going to start registration at seven so people can take off somewhere between seven and eight and then they'll ride to the first stop, which is the EMS station in Wellston. And then there will be refreshments there and snacks. So if you got to fill up your water bottle or anything like that. Okay. And how do you know where to go? Um, we'll have markings on the roads. So there's like okay. special spray paint that doesn't stay on the roads forever. Mm. And we'll just mark arrows. And there's also, it's called Ride with GPS. It gives you like turn-by-turn turn directions oh, basically okay. so I just map that out on there and people will be able to um, follow that with their phones hopefully they have service everywhere but we'll have the roads marked too that makes sense yeah and um, so you said you have uh, several people registered already so um, where would they be are they all local or are they coming from far um, away no, I think we've had a couple from Beaver Creek um, a couple from Oh, where else? I can't think off the top of my head, but I know we had one from Beaver Creek because, like, oh, wow, that's a long haul mm -hmm. to come for a bike ride. But uh, at the same time, like, it's pretty country, and you might, yeah. might see an Amish buggy or two out there. So, um, but, yeah, we've got a handful signed up. I'd say it's about half and half with people from out of town and Jackson people. Okay. And I didn't know there was, you know, it's, like, funny you don't know if there's, 
that many cyclists out there. It's like running. Like I didn't, I, you don't realize how many runners there are out there until you start. Like we started the, the fun club yeah. at, at the I was surprised this brewery. was the first week I was able to go and there was a good <laughs> bit of people out. Yeah, we're averaging 40 some every week. That's awesome. So yeah. Maybe so we can start can... a cycling club. I love that idea. I'd love to build up a better cycling community in Jackson County. And I, cyclists fantastic. love to drink beer, or at least I do. <laughs> it's win-win i know go for a ride on a saturday come back in at six cents and have us a, a beer or two and maybe some tacos or not tacos on saturday i guess but burritos burritos whatever you want hey did you know yesterday was national taco day and we missed it oh man i did not know that we need a mulligan do it over I'll have to get some tacos after derby practice tonight. That's right. That's right. And we're going to talk about that here in a minute, okay. too. <laughs> okay. So, um, no. Okay. So, how do um, exactly, can people just show up on Saturday and sign up for the ride as well, or do they need to pre-register? I would prefer them to pre-register, but I'll try and work with Outdoor Pursuits to have some waiver forms on hand. So, if anybody just decides, you know, last minute they want to show up, that will be fine. Okay. Yeah. All right. And is there any, are there any requirements like, um, you know, things you have to wear or do? Because I'm not familiar with the cyclist community. Um, you know, I assume you're not having to cycle with your mask on because you're outside. Yeah, so no. That would I, suck. That would not be fun riding with your mask on. Um, but just a helmet and a, and a good bike. So we don't have any, I couldn't get any bike mechanics to come join us for um, this ride. Hopefully next year and the years to come, we'll be able to keep it going and do that. But um, just make sure you have like a bike kit with you. So a lot of people have like just little containers that strap onto their seats and you can okay. keep like extra tubes and stuff in there. Okay. And just then, in case. Yeah. But I'll probably be driving around on the route too, just to make sure there's not any stranded cyclists or anything. Yeah. We don't want you to get stranded out there. No. So James was talking about this yesterday. He said that he got, he decided he was going to become a cyclist. Yeah. And he went out and his chain locked up and then that was the end of him. Oh no. <laughs> we just got back from Kiowa Island and one of my friend's chains fell off of his bike. So I had to be the bike repairman to get it back. <laughs> there i was like just pedal it it'll be fine he's like i can't the, the chain's off of the rails i'm like well we'll see what we can do i guess <laughs> but they needed they needed some oil on them they were a little rusty a little rusty a little rusty <laughs> well I, I think that kind of leads to an interesting question and part of the reason i had my problem was because i was too cheap to buy a nice bicycle so i bought a one that was probably not that nice second hand so do you have recommendations for someone that's looking to buy a bike? Because the nice ones can get really expensive really they fast. They can. Yes, they can. And the more affordable ones cannot be very nice sometimes. Right. So do you have any recommendations for You know, honestly. That's a good question. Walmart has some nice bikes if you're just wanting to start out. And, like, if you're doing eight, ten-mile rides around. Um, if you get serious into it and you're, like, picking up 20 miles and more and wanting to do, like, century rides, um, there's, I got my bike in Canal Winchester at Cyclist Connection. Um, it's a giant. I don't know if they still carry giant or not, but they have, like, full, for the life of the bike, they have free tune-ups. So, mm. if you, once you get so many miles in and you decide, I probably need to have some work done on my bike, you can take it into 
the bike shop and they'll do a tune-up for you, which a lot of them are like that. Um, Athens has some nice bike shops. Oh, okay. Um, I got my mountain bike from Black Diamond. I'm not sure if they're still there, but they're over, they were over on Union Street, I think. Um, but they're super nice guys in there. Um, but So how do you know what kind of bike to buy? And, and that's, I'm glad James asked the question because I, you know, you go through even Walmart and you look and there's like, I don't know. When I was growing up, we had 10 speeds, you know, yeah. like with the funny handlebars and stuff. And uh -huh. mine was super cool. It had a, like a thing in the front, like a zipper pouch that you could oh, put yeah. stuff in. It those was are, handy. Those are nice to have. Yeah. It was super good. Um, but, so you so, could go to the store and put stuff in it and take it home. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. But um, I would say it just depends on what you're wanting to do. There's so many different types of bikes out there. So like, my boyfriend and I, I have a road bike, which has the skinny tires on it and the drop-down handlebars. Um, and then, like, you can shift gears on the top of it. I know a lot of the older bikes, you would have to, like, shift gears down yes. on the tubes and everything. So, like, um, it's got really nice gears on it. So, when you're riding, you almost can shift seamlessly. So, if you're going up a hill, you're like, I can't make it up this. You can just shift gears, and then it shifts almost, like like that okay um but he has a gravel bike so it's more for not like mountain biking stuff but if you're on back roads that are gravelly or you're like out in the countryside and you're on dirt roads and things gotcha his tires are a little bit wider and then there's of course mountain bikes so if you get into mountain biking which we have mountain bikes but i'm not too too big. I think that's how I hurt my knee. Bike. So that's where you would just like go off, like out off yeah. the grid and go <clears throat> out on trails that are dirt. And right. Like there's horse trails around Hammertown Lake and I yeah. like to go check those out. But um, like I said earlier, I'm not in very good shape right now. So I don't <laughs> want to get out there and get stranded after a couple miles. But Athens has um, the Bailey's trail system, I think is what it's called. And so they have a lot of mountain bike miles. And then Rio Grande over by the farm has some really nice mountain biking. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just have like a, there's like a hill out in the field and it's a bunch of mountain bike trails. That's neat. Yeah. See, unless you're in that community, it's so weird. Like you just don't know right. about stuff. Like I didn't know my friend Anna that um, helped me with the ride. She was the one that kind of introduced me to that because she was more into mountain biking than she was road biking. So okay. There's like, there's sports within sports almost. Yeah. Like yeah. different genres within the, <laughs> yeah, the big def umbrella. Definitely. That's awesome. Okay. So... If you want to come to the ride this coming Saturday, you meet up at Stockroom, but um, the Colors of Fall, correct? Is that the Facebook yeah. page, yep. what it's called? Okay. And the link is up there. Uh, I think James posted it in the comments there. So that is the um, official logo there, and you can sign up and take advantage. And then there's a 25-mile ride and a... 65. 60 or 65. I'm, okay. I'm brain dead anymore. I <laughs> can't remember anything. Well, it's also because it's 350 degrees up here. <laughs> yeah, I keep sweating. I'm wiping my face. And also at Stockroom, it's going to end at Stockroom. We're going to kind of have like a meet and greet out on the patio. So if anybody has any questions about cycling or is interested or wants to get a group together, they're more than welcome to come out there and talk to us about it.
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's a good, you know, it's, it's kind of about fellowship too. Yeah. Just, you know? I would, I would love to see a, a bigger cycling community in Jackson. I think it's a, a great way to get out and see the county, but it's a good way to exercise and build friendships and stuff. So, you know, and I, I love that you're saying that because it's, and it's like, okay, so for someone like Jen, who has no idea what they're doing, how do you even begin? Yeah, so, like, I, uh, what I've told my friends, I'm like, let's just start with, like, a hybrid bike, which is kind of like a mixture between a road bike and a mountain bike from Walmart. Okay. And we'll start out slow, and then we'll build up to that, and if it, you decide it's something that you like, then you can upgrade your bike. Okay. But you can always upgrade parts on your bikes, too. So, like, if you have a frame that you like that's not too heavy, but not too light, and you feel like it's something that you can work with, you can upgrade, like, your gear systems for example or you can upgrade okay. your brakes system on them so i mean i i'm not great i can fix spikes here and there like little parts and things but um as far as like putting new gear systems and stuff on i would recommend going to a shop but Somebody knows what they're doing yeah, i mean i can put them on there but i can't guarantee that it's going to work right <laughs> Hey, but at least you get an E for effort or yeah. an A for effort. Yeah. That's really good. Um, so, okay, so, you know, you start out, you don't have to go out and buy a $2,500 bike to oh, start no, with. no, definitely not. I mean, can you tell a huge difference between a $2,500 bike <laughs> and a $500 bike? Yeah, of course you can, just like you could with a car. Right. But um, if you're just doing, like, small rides in town, it's not going to be, I mean... I've gone with friends who were on mountain bikes riding on the road, and they're not light bikes. They were just like Walmart mountain bikes, and they did just fine. So it just if if it's something that you decide that you like, then I would recommend upgrading. But to start out with, Walmart bikes are fine. Okay, well, very good. So there now you know. Now you know. <laughs> and if anyone has any questions, give Mikey a shout out on the Facebook page, and and you yeah. can get them in the right direction if nothing else. Yeah, you yeah. I'll try to help you out as much as I can. That's super cool. Yeah. Love that. Well, let's see if we can get a bike club started. Okay. I'm all about that. Hey, we can bike and drink beer. Yeah. Just not at the same time. I'd hate for someone to get a DUI on their bicycle. Can you imagine the scandal that would occur in this town? <laughs> right there by the police department. Hey! We take off. Woo! Yeah, we can drink afterwards. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, um, you do, so we'll take that hat off for a minute. And okay. I'm very interested in, while you're here in the hot seat, um, an epidemiologist, and you are that at the Jackson County Health Department. I actually have eight counties that I serve. Oh, oh eight? Yeah, so I have oh. like all of Southern Ohio with the exception of a couple, too. Oh. Yeah. During a global pandemic. During, thank God I have good nurses. I don't know what I would do. <laughs> Shout out to all of the nurses out there, public health and otherwise. You guys are awesome. That's exactly right. Um, so... Back up for a minute. Explain what an epidemiologist does. So kind of, so when we think of epidemiology, it's kind of like epidemics. So we have a pandemic right now. And what's the difference between a pandemic and an epidemic? So an epidemic is more of a small scale. I wouldn't say small scale, but kind of like on a smaller level, like we'll say nationwide, whereas a pandemic is global. Okay. Okay. So an epidemiologist deals with um, disease surveillance, um, 
they do a lot of research for things. So when you see research that comes out, a lot of those people are epidemiologists. They will do like disease tracking and monitoring of things like that. And so they try to prevent outbreaks or they will monitor different disease like um, processes and things like that to prevent diseases from furthering on so okay. there's a, I'm just kind of rambling right now no that's totally good but um it's just it's a lot there's a lot that goes into epidemiology that I don't even do because I'm in public health so and I'm gotcha. at the local level where I'm split between eight counties I do more of just like the disease surveillance at the local level so how that works is there's diseases that are reportable in Ohio um, and that's how we know about COVID is it gets reported to us from labs okay, and, and doctor's offices. So a lot of like STDs and gastrointestinal illnesses like E. coli, for example, or okay. salmonella, like those are reportable and they get reported to the health department. And then I monitor those to make sure they're where they're supposed to be. And like to make sure there's not, I can't link cases together, for example, because if I could do that, like... Let's say we had five E. coli cases, and they all had gotten, um, they had all eaten somewhere that was similar, and it had eaten something that was the same. I gotcha. Like when so you, you can target down on yeah. where it came from. So, like, when you see the recalls for salad, for example, that's, right. like, that's higher level than the local health department. But we do the case investigations, and then the state recognizes, like, hey, there were 10 people who ate this bag salad from Kroger. Maybe we need to investigate this further and do a recall. So that's kind of, like, where the epidemiology comes into it all. That makes total sense. Huh. So you're kind of the – you're the – you're the FBI of, of yeah, diseases. disease detective <laughs> is how I explain it to a lot of people. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So – um, how long have you been doing this? Since 2016. Okay, so... so I just came up on five years. Well, and congratulations, oh, thank and you. thank you for what you do. Thank you. Uh, so in 2016, you're like, I'm an epidemiologist, I got this under <laughs> control. Um, when did you realize that things, that the wheels were starting to fall off with this COVID thing? I remember having a conversation with one of my teammates, when we were like do you think it's going to be a big deal? I'm like, ah, I think it'll be done in a couple of months. Like they're just maybe just a little bit of a scare and then we'll go from there. Kind and of, when was this? That was in December of 2019. I think yep. we were just now hearing about, they did, I don't even think they had a name for it at that point. There was just like a mysterious respiratory it illness. It was this weird thing over in China. Yeah. And everyone was wearing masks and we were making fun of them. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then we're like, the Chinese have it down pat. They know what they're doing with these masks and everything. But um, I don't know. I think when I think when the first person died from the mysterious respiratory illness over there, I was like, this is serious. Okay. And then... I remember we had a lot of students out that were sick and with flu-like symptoms, but flu swabs weren't coming back positive. And that's when I started, I think, realizing that something was up because I know several of us, like at, at the brewery and whatever, and this was, you know, again, we're going on two years ago now, Yeah, believe it or not. I know. Um, but some of us got really, really sick, and none of the flu swabs were coming back. And I'm like, what is going on? I'm not even saying it was COVID at that time, but I'm right. just saying 
that was that's bizarre because when you have flu-like symptoms, you pretty much have the flu. Well, there's a lot of things, honestly, that you could attribute to flu-like symptoms. But when the swabs come back negative and they do a respiratory panel or whatever, then that's concerning. Just, You're like, what is it? Then? Yeah, what's if it's not showing up on a whole respiratory panel? What on earth is it? So it was, it was definitely. Uh, concerning and then like I know we had like the first case out west yeah that's it was right, what west. California I think or something like that Washington was it California, one of those somewhere one of those states out one, west one of them out west yeah. and it was just it was like okay it's here for real now like we have evidence of it and then there was an outbreak in a nursing home and a bunch of those people died and I was like this is you're right this is a real deal it's time to buckle down and get ready for this but I was not prepared for all of the mass shutdowns and all of that I don't think anybody was that was it's been crazy times crazy crazy times definitely I, I mean I don't know how else to explain it other than crazy times that's what my way of explaining it is it's a lot it, it, yeah. It's a lot. It's I don't know. It's a lot everybody. of everything. Yeah. Like, there's a whole lot going on, and research changes constantly. So, a lot of people had some mistrust of, like, public health and our health leaders, which is understandable. If you don't understand the scientific process, then you're not going to understand how things continually change and are updated. So, I mean, I understand why people had a little bit of distrust with what we were telling them, but... Our hearts were in the right place, so. Well, I think the hearts were in the right place, and everybody, nobody was doing anything malicious. No, it was, no, it definitely was not. Trying to protect people the best you can. Yeah. And when you don't have the answers, it's pretty hard to. Hindsight's twenty twenty. It's pretty hard to to prevent something that you don't know what it even is to right. begin with. Definitely, and I'm sure it was here before we knew it was here. We just didn't have that laboratory evidence to check it off the list. But yeah, it was it was scary at first, especially working in public health and not knowing if you were going to be exposed to someone like having to take groceries out to their house or whatever. So it was it was just weird times. It still is weird times. You just never know what the next day is going to bring. You don't. And I think that's what's getting people. Um, as I said, I mean, we are literally going on two years of this. Yeah, I know it's crazy to even think about it but um i think that's what's so frustrating to people is they thought as you did oh it'll be gone in a couple months yeah. and we'll be yeah we'll be good to go i told a friend i'm like you'll be able to go on your cruise i wouldn't worry too much about it and here we are two years later right <laughs> still wondering whether we're going to go on our cruise or not yeah uh-huh. but well we thank you for what you do because that is um that's a lot well, i appreciate it yeah. Appreciate that. So how do you, um, you know, do you, we all depend on you to tell us what to do. Who, where do you get your information from? Like who tells you or suggests to you so we listen, what should happen? We listen to ODH, which is the Ohio Department of Health. We get a yeah. lot of, if not all of our guidance from them, and then they will get their guidance from CDC. So it just kind of trickles down. So we don't, like, we have weekly calls with ODH where we'll go over new guidance and things. And um, we have weekly epi calls with ODH where we can go over new things that are going on and discuss other diseases. It's nice sometimes to talk about poop. You would be surprised. (laughs) 
<laughs> to talk about diseases that cause poop. <laughs> You're like, yes. Yeah. Give me anything. Give me a break from COVID. Let's talk about something else. So we have those weekly calls, but that's how um, Ohio is actually a local rural state. So the local health departments have like um, control over most situations. Okay. And then the state is there for guidance. So we look to them a lot for information and how to handle situations because they've just seen a lot more than we have. I gotcha. So um, while you're here, let's talk for a minute about, I mean, are there other things out there bouncing around? Are there seasonal things? Like I know uh, we just had Holzer in the other day talking about flu shots are available. Um, Are there other seasonal things that we should all be looking out for? Um, I will say that I feel like we didn't have much of a flu season last year because we were all masked up and scrubbing everything. So I'll talk about that for a hot second. Yeah. um, So... Influenza-associated hospitalizations are a reportable disease. So anytime someone's hospitalized with the flu, it gets reported to the local health department. Okay. And that's usually one of our top reportable diseases every year. When I do, like, our um, yearly reports, it's usually like that in most counties. But I think out of the 10 counties that make up our region, we had less than 10 hospitalizations for flu. So that was a win for us. Mm-hmm. Um And a lot of that was due to vaccination, masking, and social distancing. So Mm -hmm. anything for respiratory illness, just like what we do with COVID. So that was pretty interesting to see. But um, as far as seasonal illnesses, um, like I said, sometimes it's nice to talk about poop, which is norovirus, which is like when you hear about the stomach flu. I'm just going to tell you what. If you've never had one of those... You ain't lived. Oh, I know. Dude. I think I might have had it a couple weeks ago. I was just so sick to my... I tested for COVID and it was negative. So I'm like, I think I have norovirus. I literally was one of those that like on the cruise ship got the like... Oh boy. And so did my husband. And he... Well, we don't even want to talk about it, but he literally laid in the fetal position for three days, could not move his body. Oh, yeah. Norovirus I've never seen anything nasty. like it. And it's only 24, 48 hours, but it does some damage. But it's noro season. So, I mean, if you feel like you've got a stomach illness, it might be that. What is there anything you can do for that other than just... It's a virus, so you just treat the symptoms. Make sure you're hydrated, and if you run a fever, take some Tylenol, that kind of stuff. It's nasty. Yeah, it is. Wash your hands. <laughs> yeah, wash your hands before you eat, anytime before you touch your face, all of that like, good all stuff. all the things we've been doing for the past two years, keep doing. Yep, exactly. Do it more. Exactly. So, yeah, and, you know, I guess there are seasonal things like that, um... You know, and, and again, there's, you know, obviously all the other symptoms and ailments that just affect human beings yeah, just on like a daily. When I when it's going to rain, my knee hurts, that kind of stuff. Right. <laughs> it's like, yep, it's going to rain today. <laughs> yep, you can feel it in your bones. <laughs> like, literally. <laughs> yeah. We sound so old right now. <laughs> oh, I can feel it. But no, you're exactly right about that. Well, speaking of your the bones, so let's talk about the roller derby for a minute. Okay. While you're here. I love ro- talking about roller derby. How fun. So how long has the roller derby um, craze been happening in our area? 
How long have the the local teams been around? I think they started when I, I, or at least the one, the team I'm on now, Silver Bridge Bruisers. um, I think they started when I moved back home from school. So about 2015, I think. Okay. Um, And then Athens has a team and they're, they're really good. They're a really good group of girls too. Super nice. But I don't know how long they've been around. They've Are roller derby girls supposed to be nice? Well, outside of roller derby. Oh, okay. They're the nicest bunch of people you'll ever meet. <laughs> Maybe a little bit weird sometimes, but they're Until they whip nice. the tar out and of you. Until you put the pads and the skates on, and then it's a different story. <laughs> then they beat each other up. But, um, I mean, so what is that? That's about six years, I yeah. think. So. Oh, there you are. Yeah. I'm not in that picture. That was before I started. Look how cute. But, yeah, super nice bunch of girls. I highly recommend it to anybody. And if you don't know how to skate, we'll teach you how to skate. We have a bunch of new people that are on our team right now, and we're just kind of going through fundamentals. So if anybody's interested, now's a great time to join. Okay. We actually have practice tonight, if anybody's interested. And where do you practice? At the Cavalier Roller Rink here in town. Well, that would make sense. The roller derby would... Practice at the roller rink. Yep, six <laughs> six thirty tonight at the Cavalier Roller Rink for anybody who's interested. We've got loaner gear and we'll get you skates and everything. So tell us the gist. I mean, I did watch the Whip It movie, so I feel like I I know all about roller derby. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but I've been told it's nothing like roller derby nowadays. <laughs> I would say not, because they literally beat the tar out of everybody and. <laughs> Um, anyway, which makes it seem really fun to me, but, um, how does it work? Like, what are the rules? What are you trying to accomplish? Okay. Cause I don't even know. So we'll start from the very beginning. Okay. So there's a position called a jammer. Okay. And they wear a star on their helmet. And then you have blockers that are trying to keep the other team's jammer from getting through and they're also helping get your jammer through. So you've got... Okay. So there's a jammer there with a star on her helmet, Yeah, right? that's Ariel. Okay. She's awesome. She's one of our great jammers. She's super quick. Um, so the goal of the jammer is to get through all of the blockers and skate back around the rank. And every time they do that, they score points for the people that they pass. Okay, so you're, like, literally trying to lap people. Right. Okay. So, and then you've got your blockers who are out there trying to prevent that from happening when, on the other team so that you are kind of playing offense and defense at the same time because you want to get your jammer through, but you don't want to let the other jammer through. So how do you do that it's, without knocking the tar out of each other? Uh, well, we do knock the tar out oh, of each other. Yes. My my derby name is Speed Bump because that's what I'm good at being. <laughs> I, I, I just kind of fall and lay there. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the fun parts. Yeah, right there, you can see how we've got um, a group of blockers together. And then there's also a person who wears a stripe on their helmet. They're called a pivot. So we utilize them more for offense to help get the jammer through, but the jammer can, they're called panties is what's on your helmet. So they can pass the panties to the pivot and they can take over as jammer. It's a whole big thing. How do you do, how do you pass that along? So the 
It's like um, a helmet cover, and it just slides like off. Like panties, like, yeah. like underwear. Like panties. They just don't have <laughs> leg holes in them. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. And then you just pass the panties on, and the pivot can take over as jammer and score points, but then your jammer's kind of out. And jammers usually aren't big blockers. Yeah. So it just it just kind of depends on who you're playing and what strategy you're going with, but it's a lot of fun. I could see that. So how long does a roller derby match typically last? Oh, you asked me too quick. I think there's, we have two halves, but I can't remember off the top of my head how long each one okay. is. But it's a good while. I mean, I'm usually pooped afterwards. I'll bet. Yeah. It's, it's hard, but it's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's just fun to hit people. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Take that, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, that would be, it sounds like a lot of fun, and um, it's kind of all in good fun at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, Six Sense is one of our sponsors, so we usually go there for our after parties and That's right. hang out, and everybody just drinks and has a good time, and we all get along, even though we just beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> That's okay. That's yep. kind of the part of it. The fun of it. Yeah, it is. So where do you come up? Who comes up with like your name and your outfit? Because like everybody wears like funky outfits. I'm not big on the outfits. I'm just out there to have fun. And I don't really like to wear outfits. But everybody kind of comes up with their own stuff. Uh-huh. I just kind of wear leggings. I'll do some face makeup occasionally if I'm feeling frisky. But You're Feeling frisky. But um, everybody comes up with their own name. I came up with mine, and every girl's got to come up with theirs. So. so speed bump it is? Speed bump it is. <laughs> Still 24. <laughs> From basketball to speed bump. Yep. Point guard to speed bump. Yep, exactly. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So do you miss your old basketball days? Oh, yes. I miss them so much. Um we still all get together and go to practice sometimes and help the younger girls out. Oh, that's but, so good. Yeah, but I miss it. I wish I would have played in college, but it's neither here nor there, I guess. But I still play around sometimes. Um, I was actually coaching a team when I hurt my knee. Oh. Yeah, I was just standing up and there went my <laughs> meniscus. <laughs> I mean, it's that's how it always is. Yep. <laughs> I can't win for losing, I guess. I know, right? It's like the old curb syndrome. You know, I'm just walking down the street and fell off the curb and <laughs> broke something. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. I want a much better story than that. Oh, yeah. No, everyone's like, what'd you do? What'd you do? Because I play roller derby and I mountain bike and I road bike. I was like, I'm just standing up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you need to come up with a better story than that. I know, I that. do. Well, I did wreck my mountain bike a couple weeks before that, so I'm wondering if I didn't do something to it It then. was probably on its way. Yeah. It was probably just a matter of time before it went out, but... I I'll, I do follow up with the mountain bike story most times when they're like... I like it. Yeah, they're like, you need a better story. I'm like, well, I did wreck my mountain bike. <laughs> Sounds much better. All right, well, Mikey, it's been so fun talking to you, but let's go over um, the bike ride one more time, and then we do have a video, I think, from our friends at the high school, right? Yeah, it's about a fundraiser that the Jackson Band and Choir are putting on right now. 
Oh, okay. So very good. So we'll get to that in a moment, but let's talk about your bike ride one more time. All right. So we've got the Collars of Fall um, bike ride going on around Jackson County this weekend. It's just Saturday, but we're starting and ending at Stockroom. Um, for anyone who's interested, you can message us on our Facebook page, or um, if you're friends with me on Facebook or you have my number, just shoot me a message and we can talk about it. But it it's a 65-mile ride and a 25-mile ride, and um, it's just going to, I think it's going to be a really fun time for everybody. Yeah, it will be, and it will be beautiful, and um, you'll have signs out to, you know, warn uh, motorists to watch for, for the cyclists, and you'll have the routes marked and all that. Yep, so it should be a pretty good, a pretty good deal for everybody. Um, I do need to thank D&W Homes. They're our gold sponsor, so um, they are helping us out a good bit with sponsorship funds and everything. Um, and then whatever we have left out of um, registration fees and sponsorship money is going to help buy presents for kids for Christmas. So we're just going to donate that Aww. money to local charities. So Very good. Yep. Well, thank you for doing all that. Well, no problem. Thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been so fun talking with yeah. you. Well, if you ever need somebody to come talk about roller derby I'd... or basketball or epidemiology <laughs> or whatever, I'm your I, woman. I, She's I, our girl. I think we should get together the whole roller derby sometime and maybe do an episode from <gasps> the Cavalier Roller Ring. Yes. Oh, that would be great. That would be fun, wouldn't it? Yes. You could uh, come in on a Tuesday when we have practice or something. I like it. Film it ahead of time. You have to come up with a good name for us, though. Okay. I'll think about it. Yeah. Well, I we'll have to get together and maybe over some beers or something and figure out what all you like so we can figure out a good name for you. That found, sounds fantastic. Yeah. All right. It's all on you. Okay. And the beer. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike Eastright, thank you so much for being here today and uh, good luck with your bike ride this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Let's get that bike club started. I okay. think that sounds fun. I'll get a hold of you. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Let's go over to your weather forecast where, well, some rains popped into the forecast and it's looking, well, today actually looks really good. Do you have that up there, James? Okay. There okay. we go. Sorry. All right. No, you're fine. All right. Um, yes. Yeah, so today actually is looking good, but then that rain has popped back into the forecast for the next few days. Uh, mostly sunny today. Highs around 80 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy. Lows around 61. Uh, Wednesday, partly cloudy. Scattered showers. Isolated thunderstorms. That chance of rain is at 40%. Um, Still highs around 81, then looking like mid-70s to upper 70s the rest of the week. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that chance of rain pops into the forecast. So there you go. Thanks, Mikey. Thank <laughs> All right. So, no, th James, you were talking about the, the, the band and the choir are, are doing like a really cute fundraiser thing. Yeah, so this is called... Give thanks to, this is uh, Jackson City Schools Music Donation Drive. Um, so we'll put in the comments all the information for how to actually donate. It's okay. All, it's all through PayPal, so just click the link if you want to donate. But uh, the, some of the Jackson students and faculty collaborated on this video, and it's it's pretty funny. And then they kind of explain the charity a little bit more detail. Love it. End. 
Okay. Right. So let's, let's head to it. Yeah, so let's play that. excited to kick off our fall donation drive this year. Um, last year's donation drive was a huge success for both the band and choir departments and we are happy to continue that tradition this year as well. We've received so much positive feedback from parents and students about the format. You know, we just wanted to continue uh, that tradition again. So we're kicking off the fundraiser today on October 4th and it's going to continue for two weeks and end about October 18th. Now, if you happen to miss that little bit of time, you can still always donate to the Jackson Music Program at any time. Uh, and we can also we can take cash, we can take checks payable to Jackson City Schools, and we even have our PayPal account set up once again this year, and you can check that in the link right below the video. Our goal that we're setting for students this year is the same as last year. We ask that every student attempt to raise $10 in donations under that student's name. We also ask that they attempt to contact at least five people. It can be friends or family or other distant contacts. And especially with that PayPal as a donation system, we can access people from anywhere in the country. So if you have friends or family in another state or in another town, make sure you reach out to them and try to get them to help donate to our cause as well. So donate today, tell your friends about it, and go Jackson. And give, give thanks. thanks. That was so cute. Um, yeah, definitely the music programs could use your help. And the kids do work hard and the parents work hard. But uh, we definitely need, you need to give thanks. Help them out a little bit. And the link to the PayPal is in the comments? Yes, it is in the comments to this video. Very, very cool. So you can just click on that, follow through to your PayPal, and uh, shout them out. Uh, if you appreciate the band, the choir, anything to do with the music program, uh, please give them a little bit 
of support. All right, James, did you know that yesterday was National Taco Day and we missed it? Well, I did because you mentioned it a couple of times. You I think well, you're a little bitter. I'm a little bitter, yeah. but I did find out. Do you know how the taco got its name? Well, I'm guessing it's probably a shortened version of some Spanish word. Um, They say that the first time a taco was mentioned in the U.S. was in a 1905 newspaper. Uh, they became more mainstream in the 1910s and 1920s. Um, but they say it had something to do with... Um, Let me look here real quick just so I don't mess this up. It had something to do, and it covered it up here, with gunpowder and something that was placed in holes of the rock face, which they called tacos, and they wrapped it up. And so, I don't know. It's something to do with mining and whatever. Okay. You got all that? No. So, but yeah, they... um. Tacos became a fast food restaurant or a fast food favorite with the creation of the taco shell, um, which was patented in the 1940s to Mexican restaurateurs. So taco is, I'm going to butcher this, it is a Natali word. Okay. Which means half or in the middle. In the middle. Okay. Which I guess makes sense because you fold it in half and put your toppings in the middle. Yeah. I guess that does make sense. Um, a chicken taquito with a good hot sauce is really like a stick of dynamite, which is how I guess they got kind of that word where they used to fold stuff up and yeah. stick the dynamite in the mines. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. They say Mexican immigrants were selling tacos in the southwest U.S. as early as the 1880s, and by the 1920s, those taco recipes were adapted to appeal more to the American palette so it would be interesting to, to do the history of the taco and yeah look up the whole are you, shebang are you aware of uh like the origins of taco bell no so this the guy that's found a taco bell wanted to start a taco restaurant and where he was in california there was this like kind of famous taco stand that had been there for like years and years okay i think he wanted to buy it and they wouldn't sell it to him or something like that so he just opened another restaurant like directly across the street and just started selling the same exact thing <laughs> to like, you know, kind of spite them for not. And that's how Taco Bell started. Yeah, that, that was how Taco Bell started. That's awesome. Well, I don't know why National Taco Day is October 4th, but it is. I don't know. But I like that. That's yeah, a good, I wonder, wonder when Taco Bell like, was founded, like how long ago that was. Uh, been early 60s a long time ago yeah i mean I, I guess it depends on how old you are if you can consider that a long time ago or not i guess that's true good point that's that's definitely a thing so uh, so taco bell was founded in march of 1962 in downey california all right now you know um del taco was actually founded two years later also mm -hmm. in california you know, it's funny because Del Taco is just now hitting, like, our area. Right. I'd never even heard of it yeah. before. Well, that's the way a lot but of these businesses that start in the West Coast, they just have trouble. They're regional. Yeah, they just have trouble 
moving east, and it's the same thing with West Coast businesses. Are you aware of like why Carl's Jr. and Hardee's are like the same? They're the same, but not right. No, so I always wondered that. Right, so Hardy, they were separate chains. Like Hardee's was like all over the kind of East Coast and Midwest. Yeah, and Carl's Jr. was basically only in California. Right, and he wanted to expand, but it was creating that infrastructure was just too much for him to do it on his own. Okay, so Carl's Jr. just bought an existing franchise that already had that infrastructure in place makes sense yeah. and for i guess they did want to alienate customers so instead of they just kept it hardy's so they just kept both names so it's basically the same thing but yeah, two different names same, same menu similar branding but a different name it's like i didn't realize like ihops are um fairly southern yeah and then now they've kind of come this way but i'll bet you they're not west coast I don't know. We'll see. I mean, yeah. I mean, Waffle House is big as Waffle House is. They really, I mean, there's no Waffle House in California. There's not. Texas. I mean, it's all kind of Midwest and South. Even more reason why they're just crazy out there in California. Yeah. Well, I, tell I you. mean, we don't have In-N-Out Burger or Whataburger. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just going to say the Waffle House is the bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Ate Waffle House the other day in Cincinnati. It was fantastic. It's hard to go wrong. Yeah. You know, you know, scattered, splattered, shattered, smothered, smothered, diced, covered. covered. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have not been to a Waffle House. So, oh, by the way, so Jamie and I are sitting in this Waffle House in Cincinnati and this guy comes in and sits behind us and he's like asking the server. And I know my eyes were like, because he goes, so what are your hash browns like? I've never had them before. He's like, well, let me tell you. you and I was them, like, where has this guy been all of his life? Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So California anyway. probably. Yeah. If you've never been to a Waffle House and you've never had the hash browns, you haven't lived. All right. Well, I guess that's our show for the yeah. day. Uh, so tomorrow we're going to be taking sort of a virtual tour of the Speyside Barrel yes. uh, Factory. Uh, Jackson County Economic Development President Sam Brady, I think, is going to try and stop by. Okay. Talk about it a little bit. Fantastic. And, and if he can't make it, I think Phil Buffington okay. is going to come in. But yeah, we're, we're basically going to, going to go on a tour of Speyside. Well, and we'll ask you this tomorrow, James, but yes or no, were you thoroughly impressed by the operation? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy, yeah, isn't it? The, 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 the coolest thing, like before you even go in, you just smell that like fresh cut lumber smell. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah, it's, it's really neat, but it is this really interesting sort of combination of like modern, like manufacturing and sort of like old time craftsmanship. 100%. Kinda, yeah. So it is this really interesting kind of melding. There's a lot of hands-on still in barrel making that yeah. like human interaction and human decisions that need to be made, which was my biggest surprise when, when I went out there. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize you're still taking staves and a human being is actually fitting them together and making sure they fit properly. So, But you'll see about all that tomorrow uh, right here on Main Street TV. So, All right, let's get out of here for the day. We appreciate you watching. We appreciate Mikey for taking time out of her busy day to come and hang with us and talk about a variety of things. But don't forget, if you are a cyclist, um, please make sure that you get 
get up and sign up for the Colors of Fall bike ride that takes off this Saturday from the stockroom. So that'll be a lot of fun. All right, have a great day, everyone. Enjoy some sunshine because some rain's coming in the forecast the next three days. So get out and enjoy your day today, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.